0: Friends, if you were not here last Sunday, uh, my dear brother and friend and colleague in ministry um, by the name of Greg Moore uh, preached a, a beautiful word for us for this in this first uh, Sunday or the last week, which was the first Sunday of Lent, um, and he uh, rooted his his sermon in Psalm 32. Throughout this Lenten season, we are going to anchor ourselves in um, the book of Psalms, which is uh, sometimes considered to be the psalm book or the song book of scripture. Um, The Psalms provide us with words when we feel like we have no words. And for those of us who may find it difficult to pray, this is the great book of the Bible that you can lean in Um, That you you can rely and rest on the words that um, scripture has given to us. And for those of us who might find ourselves with a consistent uh, practice or rhythm of prayer, the psalm book helps us to dig deep into the expansive nature of human emotion. There are times when the psalmist is offering up a high praise, and there are times when the psalmist is lamenting. There are times when the psalmist is singing a new song, and there are times when the psalmist is asking for help. The beautiful thing about this song book that we are going to anchor ourselves in throughout this season of Lent is that the Psalms help us to be honest. Uh, they help us to find the words when we do not have the words, to be honest. That we can go to God not trying to come with pretty words or, or words that have been so crafted that we think we get God's attention, but instead that we come to God with words that are honest. So this morning, I invite us to anchor ourselves in the 121st Psalm that you might hear how it is that we can be honest before the living God. And hear now these words. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. more. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, we believe that you have a word to give us this day. We believe that you speak gently and sometimes, oh God, you speak with a mighty roar, but we believe that you have a word to say to us this day. So we ask, oh God, that you would turn down the volume on all the voices, even the voices within us that might seek to distract us in this moment so that we can hear your still, small voice alone. I pray that you might take my words hostage, that you might breathe upon them, that they are not mine, but that they are an offering before you and before your people. God, would you speak to us a word that will give us life? Would you speak to us a word that might threaten the old, might you speak to us a word that might so inspire us that we might be the people you have called us to be. We ask all of this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. I hope that you recognized um, just how dangerous and how honest the first two verses of this psalm. Um, that the psalmist offers up for us this day uh, might be. I will turn my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Did you hear what the psalmist said? The psalmist uttered uh, a four-letter word that is oftentimes very difficult for us to utter in those first two verses. The psalmist said, help my help. Where will my help come from? In fact, the psalmist is in this kind of vulnerable place, uh, putting uh, the psalmist out there saying, I'm going to turn to the hills, not because the hills are where my help comes, but I am in a desperate place. Where is my help going to come from? And then begins to declare that my help will come from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. You know, in our culture, we are shamelessly bad at asking for help. When I was a little bit more naive and a little more um, risk taking as a pastor, I one time preached on this particular passage of scripture, and then I invited everyone to turn to someone beside them and to tell them where they needed some help in their lives. Can you imagine the side eyes that I got that morning? I'm not going to invite you to do that. Because I know how difficult it is to turn to another and to tell them where you might have a need. And I don't know why it's so hard for us to ask for help because we all need some help in our lives. Some of us need help in our marriages. Some of us need help in our other relationships. Some of us need help on our jobs. Some of us need help to be freed from addiction. Some of us need help to turn down the volume on the voice that tells us that we're not worthy or that we're not good enough or that we have sinned too far away from God's grace. Some of us need help in repairing things that we have broken. Some of us need help in our finances. We all need help. Help. Though it might be different for the person beside you, or the person behind you, it is universal. If you are human and not a robot this morning, there are going to be times when you need help. You know what? If you, if you actually start to tell you, well, I don't need no help. Let me just bring you down a couple of notches here, friends. Do you know even Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Master of the Universe, on the cross, in a very human moment, utters out a place of need, I thirst. Even Jesus, the one who is able to give us life and life more abundantly, feels rejected and abandoned in a time of need. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our needs might be different, but our... our need for help is universal. And in the season of Lent, you have to become comfortable with knowing where you need help. Because over and over again, in this season of Lent, we actually speak to God the places where we need God to come and to deliver us. Later on in this worship service, we're going to do what is called a litany of penitence. And we're going to ask God, um, after every one of the, of the, uh, of the invocations that are, is offered up over the congregation, we're going to say, Lord, deliver us. Lord, help us. Lord, save us. Which is to belie that we are in a place where we might actually need God to come and help us. It's a season where we have to become comfortable with realizing we have a need for grace, a need for reconciliation, a need for the things that are Uh, chaotic in our lives to be made right by the hand of the Most High God. Lent is a pretty needy season where we say to God over and over again, help us, deliver us. So I hope that we don't too quickly gloss over the first two verses in Psalm 121 because the psalmist is daring enough To say, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where is my help going to come from? My help comes from the maker of the heavens and the earth. Daring enough to say, I am in a desperate place. Daring enough to say that there is a need in my life. And daring enough to believe that God is the one who can actually meet those needs. It's so beautiful that in this moment that uh, the psalmist is asking for help. And then the psalmist then answers the psalmist's own question, that the psalmist begins to recount how God has shown up, how, how God has declared um, God's goodness, how God has moved beautifully in the psalmist's life. And, and then um, the psalmist says something that, that I had never noticed before but speaks in such a way to also remind those who might have been gathered around the psalmist that God will also come and help you. I want you to hear these words again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Watch the shift. God will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel, even the nations will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. I know my help comes from the Lord, the psalmist says, and I also know what this God will do for you when you are in need of help. But I wonder as I am speaking in front of you this morning, if this will change your posture before God, that you can say, God, help me to ask you to ask for help. Knowing all this, when you walk out of this place, will you be more willing to say, God, I stand before you in need of some things? N- knowing all of this, will you be willing to say, God, this is where I, I know that I'm at the end of my rope. This is, this is the, the, the limitations of, of my human capacity. Knowing all of this, will you be more willing to ask for help? Now, I know um, for a number of us, uh, there are lots of different reasons as to why you might still walk out of here and not want to ask for help. I mean, I might be a pastor, but I wasn't born last night, friends. I know that it doesn't just take one sermon for people to all of a sudden be able to do the thing that is sometimes very difficult for us to do. And you know why I think it's so hard for many of us to actually ask for help? is because in our needy places, like where we literally just need others to come alongside uh, us, is where we begin to believe this narrative that is not true, that we are a burden or a nuisance. That as soon as I utter where I need help in my life, then I've automatically said, okay, now um, I've I've inconvenienced you. Think about all of the caveats that we offer up whenever we need to ask somebody if it's not going to put you out, if it's not going to be too difficult for you, if this isn't going to shift your schedule, comma, then maybe I'll tell you where I've got a need in my life. You know, I've, I've even found that in pastoral situations that after I've been like sitting with someone and talking with someone for a while, that folks will then turn it around and they'll be like, now, uh, is there anything that I can, you know, help you with? Now, um, when I took the vow to be a pastor, I said that I come to serve and not to be served. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have needs, y'all. I got a lot of needs. But in the nature of our relationship, when I'm as a pastor with a parishioner, it is in that moment that I avail myself and I offer myself for a person to share maybe where they have needs and and to feel like they don't have to do anything to earn my just sitting with them on the mourner's bench or wherever they may be in the midst of their lives. And so sometimes I have to remind people of the relationship that we have that they they can offer up their need for help hard stop, and end right there. When you understand the nature of the relationship that you have with the one that you're asking for help, then maybe you won't see yourself as a nuisance. Here's an example. About four years ago, I was having all these difficulties with um, managing my blood pressure. It was like, like baffling to my doctor because I'm a pretty healthy human being. I mean, I burn most of the calories I need on, on any given week on a Sunday morning. I mean, I'm like good to go. My Fitbit gets a lot even on a Sunday. And so my doctor was like, I am just so baffled by the fact that you're having this in- incredibly high blood pressure. And every time I would go see my doctor, my doctor was kind enough to spend more than average amount of time with me in the office. In fact, one time, I remember my doctor had me like doing lunges, my doctor had me moving my knees, my doctor had me doing all kinds of things in the office. My doctor asked me, I mean, a series of questions that I will not ask you now because they were so embarrassing, all just to try to figure out why is it that your blood pressure is high? And in that moment, I felt so cared for, so seen by my doctor. That he was just as baffled as I was when I would go to bed at night and my heart would be palpitating, and I didn't understand why all of this was going on. But all I knew is that I needed help because it was making me anxious in the middle of the night to literally hear my heart thumping. And when you hear your heart thumping, you know what happens? It just makes you more afraid, so then your heart thumps even harder. I needed help. And after that, that last doctor's visit that I had that made to him to try to figure out this whole blood pressure situation, after he had spent more than an average amount of time with me as his patient, you know what I did not do to my doctor? I didn't say, well, doctor, you can go ahead now. I'm going to walk out of the room. You take off your clothes, put on a gown, and now I'm going to examine you, okay? Would you want me to take your blood pressure, Dr. Meyer? I didn't say to him, by the way... Thank you for giving me all this extra time. I'm a pastor. Is there anything you would like to confess before me this this afternoon? Because I don't think of myself as a nuisance to my doctor. I don't think of myself as a burden to my doctor. I don't believe that I have to earn or do anything necessarily to receive my doctor's care. I walk into the office and I say, this is what's hurting. I walk into the office and I say, this is where I need help. I walk into the office and I say, this is what needs to be repaired. I walk into the office and I just say, this is where I'm at the end of my rope. I walk into the office and I've said, I've looked at WebMD and I cannot figure it out. I walk into the office desperate, and frail and anxious. But I never walk in thinking that I'm a nuisance or a burden. When you understand the nature of the relationship, it might just change how you ask for help. So you are not a nuisance to God. And everything you need to know about the nature of your relationship with this Most High God, who would invite you to come to God and to share where you need help, is wrapped up in one word that we uh, find in Psalm 121. The word keep. Six times the word keep is used in um, Psalm 121, or some variation of the word keep. It comes from the Hebrew word shamar, And it is to help us to understand our relationship to a God who wants to help us. He will keep you from your foot being moved. He will keep your life. God will keep you from all evil, from this time and forevermore. Keep doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, I get to keep this microphone at the end of the worship service. Or I get to keep this Bible at the end of this worship service. It's not about a possession. Keep means that God guards us because we are God's beloved. That's that's how it's, it's understood. That God has us not because God has to have us. God has us because God wants us. That God loves us not because God's obligated to love us, but because God wants to love us. God extends mercy to us, not because we've had to earn the mercy, because God wants to uh, offer the mercy to us. We are kept by God, simply because God loves us. Robert Fisher says this, God does not merely have us, God keeps us. We are God's beloved and immeasurably dear to God. We are not merely possessions in the eyes of the Lord because if we suffer, it hurts God too. May this be good news to us on this Lenten journey. May this be good news to anyone who finds yourself. In a desperate place. May this be good news every time you want to cry out for help and something in you tells you, don't, 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 don't bother God. That God doesn't just have us, God wants us. So you can cry to God, help. You are not a throwaway to God. You are not a nuisance to God. You are not a burden to God. God keeps you, so you can ask for help. Will you pray with me? God, our helper, and God, our keeper, We need you. God our helper, God our keeper, we cry out to you. God our helper, God our keeper, we ask for you. God our helper, God our keeper, help us. God, our helper, God, our keeper, keep us. And God, wherever we find ourselves most needy, wherever we find ourselves most desperate, wherever we find ourselves most broken, wherever we find ourselves hurting, wherever we find ourselves searching, God, would you remind us that we are not throwaways, but even in our place of need, you will keep us. So God, with confidence this morning, we are so bold to ask for you to help us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.